Sullivan testing the Portuguese. You know, I like to be fit and healthy, so the best way I know is to just get out there and run. Running was an outlet for me to, I guess, feel good about myself and, and take out some of the angers that were going on in my life. Sonny O'Sullivan is going to take the world title back to Ireland. Today on Irishman Running Abroad, the legend Sonny O'Sullivan and I are joined by Irish chi running instructor Emer O'Brien of fitnesswithemer.ie to talk about all things technique related. I have volunteered to have my gait analysed by Sonia and Emer for the purposes of the show. <laughs> Let me start by saying this was perhaps the most embarrassing experience of my entire life but we'll get to that in a bit as always on Irishman Running Abroad you can rely on me mortifying myself so you don't have to. Sonia and Emer will be talking about the most common errors they see and why when it comes to running we all tend to make the same kind of mistakes or get into doing the same things wrongly. Why is that? Later still Emer and Sonia will tell you the best ways to correct it. There's also your questions answered and of course Sonia's tip of the week. First of all, Sonia, you're basically en route to Ireland right now, are you not? You're in Los Angeles right now? I am. I'm I'm on the move. <laughs> we were we were based in the mountains there for a few weeks and for the second time up in Park City in Utah. And this time it was definitely at the end you could sense, yeah, we've had enough for this year. It's time to move on. And um, you know, with the Olympics looming, athletes are pretty keen to get there too. And a lot of athletes are already arriving in Tokyo, but, you know, there's still a week to the opening ceremony, but two weeks to the athletics part of the programme. So, um, Itchy feet, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, people are excited to get there, but then when you get there, there's still a bit of a waiting game to play. So it's all about getting the timing right. But the thing for our athletes is when you're up at altitude, you have to work out the days when you come down where you're likely to run best. Yes. And, you know, there's lots of different, like, theories and thinkings around this. And normally it's the first few days and then, like, a window of 15 to 17 days where people will perform well again. Uh, when, when their blood kind of all, the extra oxygen and red blood cells, they, you know, they all find themselves in that kind of nice happy medium again where they're going to help you to do the best that you can. Well, uh, I'm sure everyone listening saw the article in The Independent with the headline, Sonia Sullivan, it took me some distance from it all before I was able to say, OK, I want to help someone be even better than I was. Now, I obviously joked that this was you referring to training me <laughs> to be the... <laughs> to be the Olympic athlete that I am right now, waddling towards the future. But, you know, that is a really interesting headline. And obviously, we've never really spoken about that, that thing that you needed kind of a time to pass or the dust to settle, where you kind of felt comfortable with passing on what you knew was how how long did that take? Well, what are we now? It's taken about 15 years, I think. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you kind of of dabble in things and you help out a little bit, but you don't really commit, I suppose, to, you know, leaving behind what you did yourself and then kind of not caring, you know, that anybody else runs any faster. You know, for a long time, you still want to hang on in there and you think, oh, I could do that, I could do that. And even now, I probably think 
oh, if only I had those shoes. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be able to go a few seconds faster. Well, yeah, um, well, there was no question you would have gone faster in, in those shoes. But, you know, I mean, it's different times and different, I suppose, the way things were was slightly different nowadays. You know, just every time somebody sets foot on the track, they're trying to run a fast time. It's kind of like the that's that's the goal every single time um so it will be interesting to see how things go in tokyo you know the the conditions out there will be challenging for athletes no doubt with the heat and the humidity and that can change how people approach a race as well and, um, and the, the lack of a crowd distances and the lack of a crowd yeah i saw a video there during the week and they were doing a kind of a tour of tokyo and popping in and out of different venues and even just driving down the streets and it just looks like a ghost town you know it looks like I suppose a lot of places looked like when COVID first started and you know there was nobody out and about driving and there wasn't people on the streets so yeah it will be interesting to see how it all plays out but you know the thing is people you you, you can just I suppose you have to not worry about things that you can't change so things like crowds and stadiums you know, the the greatest thing about that is the ease of getting in and out of the stadium. Mm. There'll be no kind of traffic. There'll be no delays. You know, I can remember being at championship events in different places around the world. And sometimes you might walk to the stadium and you'd be walking down amongst thousands of people. And you'd be just keeping your head down and going where you needed to go. And, you know, hoping you didn't get stopped because, you know, there's certain times when you just want to, be where you need to be and you don't want to be delayed along the way so uh, there'll be no fear of any of that this year well final question on this because you know that we could do an hour just talking about that because i'd imagine that there is a benefit to not having the crowd too in that uh, some energy gets wasted with the buzz and the you know the occasional wave of adrenaline that you get as you hear roars go up and you see spot faces in the crowd and suddenly it's much more like a time trial with no one there would you imagine that that will contribute to a lot of fast times being run at this olympics i'm not sure i mean it could i mean we've seen that over the past year that athletes have run in empty stadiums and run fast times but i think the conditions will play a lot into how races are run Mm. this year i think you know when you're in a packed stadium there's a lot of energy that you can take from the crowd as well yeah and you get a big buzz and you rise to the occasion and so i think it'll affect different people differently and some people will be happy enough not to have the pressure of all the people watching them and others will miss that and the emptiness will you know if you're in a race and all of a sudden the whole place feels empty then you can feel lost and you might lose it and then drop off the pace. Which would you have been? Like, would you have been an ultimate warrior type wrestler who draws energy from the crowd? Or would you have been, you know, zeroed in and just blocking them out? A hundred percent, I'd like the crowd. You know, I think it just, it makes the stadium feel smaller when it's full. Like, if you ever go into an empty stadium, it looks massive. You go in there when it's packed full of people and it just seems, it's more intimate all of a sudden. Like, there's people enclosed in and it just it just creates an atmosphere and an ambience that is different and there is a buzz about it. And, you know, I suppose the thing is a lot of athletes and competitors, they'll have experienced empty stadiums the past year so that it won't be anything new to them. They're used to that now. And um, so 
you know, they're prepared to deal yeah. with whatever's coming. So I can't wait. It's going to be really exciting. But yeah, and, I can't wait uh, either. You're, you're going to be doing stuff for RTE. And uh, for that reason, we're delighted to announce that our first in-person Irishman Running Abroad Club Run will take place on August 8th. Details will appear in the Strava group soon. If you're not already a member of the Strava group, what are you doing with your life? Strava.com forward slash clubs forward slash Irishman running abroad. There has never been a more supportive environment for Irish runners abroad and at home. If your partner is bored of you talking about running, that's what Strava's for. Pop over there. Strava.com forward slash clubs forward slash Irishman running abroad. It's time for us to go to the live line. Talk to Char on 1850 715 815. Good afternoon to you, Emer in Kilkenny. How are you doing, Emer? Great to have you on the show. Thanks a million, Charlotte. Great to be here. Absolutely delighted, thrilled to be here Brilliant. with you and Tanya. If you don't already know, uh, e- fitnesswithemer.ie. Emer is a chi running, Pilates, oxygen advantage, and fitness instructor. And uh, the toast of the Irish running circuit at the moment, helping loads of people with their technique. If you want to get in touch with her, it's really easy. And she's incredibly supportive in the Strava.com Irishman Running Abroad group. And that is how we came into contact, Emer. But you were a school teacher for 14 years before all this. Is that correct? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I was originally, um, I went to UCC. I was a secondary teacher uh, maths and French and uh, then when I had my first two boys I took career break and right. basically never went back <laughs> <laughs> okay and and the running thing though is has really exploded for you a par- part of that is down to obviously the boom in interest in it half the reason Sonia and I have this podcast is that interest but you know the chi running thing we've discussed on the show I'm sure you heard that before what drew you towards that side of things and why is it I mean, you can answer this why is it that it's still a little bit mysterious the whole chi running thing nobody can quite tell you what it is yeah um that's how I came across your podcast, actually, was exactly that. I, I was looking up something in Chi Running, and then I saw Jared Regan and Sanya Sullivan discussing Chi Running, and I went, oh, my God, I must go and have a look at that, so, or listen to that. <laughs> so uh, you did great, lads, by the way. Good, good. <laughs> Flying blind. So, yeah, I came across it. You know, I used to run with Athletic Club uh, for years there, Carrick and Shore AC. Give them a shout out there. And uh, so... Through them, I went to one of Katrina McKernan's cheerleading workshops. I see. Back, I'd say, in 2011. Yeah, and I just knew. I just went and I was just blown away. Like, everything she was saying, I was nodding furiously. And I just um, thought it was just brilliant, this whole concept of teaching people to run efficient, you know, efficiently and to prevent injury and just to make running just a really nice experience so that you're not absolutely, you know, dreading putting on the runners and heading out the door, that you actually... You know, you enjoy running, which, of course, we should be, you know, because those people see running as a chore and, it, you know, it, it should be something you can actually enjoy. So the only way you're really going to enjoy it is to prevent injury as best you can and to, like, move efficiently, you know. So, mm. yeah. So then I went off and trained myself in 2017. I went off to London to Grey Cause at the time. He was the master instructor. Yeah. And I trained and I've been teaching it ever since. Um like, I think people know about you running to some degree in Ireland because of Katrina. 
Also, um, my friend Mary Jennings up in Dublin, she's quite well known. She writes for the Irish Times. And, you know, there's a few of us. There's two in Cork. There's Billy and Ruth. So, you know, we're still plugging away here, teaching she running. And it's growing, definitely yeah, growing. Yeah, and, I think and, it's just getting the word out there, I suppose. Yeah, people do, or people call it chai running. They go, what's yeah. with uh, chai? <laughs> <Chai-ty>. like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, and it's fair enough. Essentially, it's just, it's. I mean, you know, there's loads of different types of running technique. It's just, um, just a running technique that, as I said, teaches you to run well, ideally, you know. Well, Sonia's here uh, and has been, I guess, Sonia, this is the weird thing. Tina pointed this out to me this morning. She was like, you realize that you and Sonia haven't met face to face since this thing started. (laughs) It's kind of mad that we've been you've been coaching me for this long without actually seeing how I am doing it. (laughs) I I could have been doing it all over the shop and all you were looking at was the times and the, the odd photo of me and Mikey <laughs> running. But really, uh, the, honestly, I found it so hard this week. Emer had yeah. offered, she had said, send me a video of you running towards the camera, away from the camera, past the camera. And I'm sure that listeners will identify with this, that the exposure of filming yourself running is unlike anything else in terms of how revealing and potentially embarrassing it is. And this is coming from somebody who is filming himself all the time. Like, I'm not afraid of cameras. But Sonia, maybe you can rest people's minds here on this, because I was surprised to hear that you feel the same way. Well, I I suppose I kind of... (laughs) When you were talking there, I was thinking, you know, filming yourself doing anything is embarrassing <laughs> and having to go back and review it. But obviously not for you. <laughs> Just running. <laughs> Just running. So, but yeah, I mean, I have seen videos of myself running in recent times. And um, yeah, I mean, when I'm out running and you're actually feeling good, like Emer said, you know, you're going out there and you're running along and you actually feel like you're running nicely and you're happy and comfortable and you think you're going well. And then you see a video of yourself and you think, oh, my God, that is, is nothing like what I think I feel. <laughs> yeah. So then, you, you you know, you kind of you don't look at it again, whereas I think the thing is you should look at it again and analyze it a little bit and kind of think, OK, what can I do to improve things here a bit? Because that's the thing is, you know, we all go out there, lace up the shoes, you run along for, you know, the time you set out to do and sometimes as fast as you can. And then you come in the door and you're happy with yourself and you don't think about it anymore. Mm. But, you know, to be better and to, I suppose, enjoy it even more, there, there is, you know, I suppose, a time that you need to take to analyze what you're doing, like anything. You know, if you're doing a presentation, you're always going to be much better if you listen back to yourself and see what you sound like. And then you have these little things in the back of your head, little triggers that you have yeah. to think about. I, th- I think it's a body aware. I think it's awareness as well. So people find it kind of mind blowing to actually see themselves being videoed. I mean, myself included. Like I absolutely, I have to do it myself to keep an eye on how I'm running. And oh my god, it's like it's horrific. It is. It's absolute. And I always say that in my workshops. You know, I say to people like, I understand. I can empathise so much with you. You know. Yeah. No one wants to do this. <laughs> uh, no one wants to do it. But immediately after I did the filming and. Like, uh, I honestly, just for the listeners, 
I hate this piece of footage so much that I only gave it to Emer and Sonia on the understanding that they would destroy it and set fire to the device they watched it on. Because, you know, I wore an oversized T-shirt. I, I was already... Oh, you trying to disguise something in there. I know. And the bad thing is, Janet, I never thought of saying that to you. You know, tuck your tea. I remember Queen McCurney said that when I went to the workshop with her and I was absolutely mortified. I had to tuck my T-shirt in <laughs> when she was videoing me and yeah so yeah well, the like first I, thing I noticed but you know it's okay well, yeah, no, I, like I, I mean it. it was the first thing I noticed as well because everything looks <laughs> a lot more jiggly when you put a gigantic t-shirt on and Tina was like Tina was saying yeah but you know the, the wind had gotten up the t-shirt and I was like Tina that just sounds like Bart Simpson reassuring Krusty the Clown that the acoustics were terrible when he died on his arse I mean it, oh, <laughs> it, this this piece of footage I will never let it see the light of day but honestly it could change everything because no more than the first time I saw myself doing stand-up and I realized oh my god I, I stand in the one spot and I use my hands way too much I watched this video back even myself before Emer yeah. had the chance to pass a comment on it and thought I can actually recognize that that's not how this should look uh, Emer, yeah. did it? Did it? Uh, hand on heart, did it? When you first looked at this piece of video, did you think, "Yeah, it's obvious what's wrong here"? Yeah, I, with the shin splints, yeah, I think that was quite obvious. But um, I think you're being a bit hard on yourself now, Jared. Honest to God, and I said that to you. Like the thing I was struck by, which is a positive thing, um, a lot of people when they're running is, you know, I was saying to you that you had a really good kind of leg cycle. You know, the way you were lifting up your legs when you were mm-hmm. picking up your feet, you know, that that was impressive. <laughs> you weren't ploddy, you know, you weren't kind of like a ploddy runner, you know. I wonder about that, right? Let me pause you there because I wondered about that straight away because I was like, geez, I really am picking up my heels there. <laughs> I was like, I never think I'm doing that when I'm running. And then I wondered, am I showing off for the camera here? That sometimes I'm sure that you get somebody to film themselves and the run that they do for the camera isn't actually the run that they do. So I, I was kind of really deliberately. It's like when somebody says walk across the room, you nearly forget how you walk. And I felt like I was doing an impression of a runner. <laughs> well, it. do you know, it's funny you say that now, because I did think if you when you when you're running away, when you start off gung ho, you know, you're all set and mm. Your heels are yeah really coming up nice, really good like stride. But when you're coming back, then I think they are a bit lower. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> the enthusiasm was gone. <laughs> now, now, Sonia, let's get your take here straight away. Did you feel the exact same way? Because for those of you that haven't tuned in before and you've just come along, obviously, uh, it's important I say this: that is not everybody's up on the story. But basically, Sonia coached me from nothing, like zero running. A 3000% increase in my fitness over the course of six months. And then uh, I suffered a stress related, what was it called? A stress reaction in my left shin. I mean, Sonia, did did you look at it and go, I can see how that would occur based on what I just saw here? Probably not specifically, but I did look at it and think that you were you were looking a bit tense in your shoulders mm. and your arms and like the first thing I said to you was I said did Emer tell you to drop your shoulders and relax your arms and you said <laughs> how did you know <laughs> yeah. right. so that was the first thing that stood out to me 
looking at the video from afar, you know, like if I was looking at you across the field, I thought that you actually looked pretty decent running. Yeah. You know? Like Emer said, that your kind of rhythm was pretty good. But then, you know, we couldn't see it because you had so much clothes on. So the grass wasn't healthy either. The grass was a bit long, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> The grass is too long, too much Jealous. clothes on. Go to a track. Go to a track. Yeah, Short, that's what I said. Yeah. Shorts and a singlet. <laughs> <laughs> we will see today. I know you've ordered some new Irishman running abroad gear, and you've got these long, long sleeved, baggy t-shirts. But we will get some singlets and shorts, and yes, yeah. we'll be looking like I, runners. I can see it now. But like uh, you know, honestly. Uh, I was, and this is why I'm sure that loads of listeners have thought, yeah, I must get a gait analysis done. Mm. And then honestly, Emer, push comes to shove and you, you think, and the reason why I was so slow at sending the video to you was I just started to, to just doubt myself. And like, I don't, uh, as much as people might find this hard to believe, I don't have a great image of myself. I'm yeah. super proud of my running. I'm really proud that I've gotten this far. I owe so much to Sonia and the support of the group, but I don't see myself as deadly at this. In fact, I kind of, I'm sure you find this with your clients that they nearly don't want to be told the truth. They just kind of want to get on with what they're doing and not face the reality of, well, this needs to change. Is that something you face? And what's Absolutely. the danger of that? Yeah. Like what you're saying there about videoing it, of course, it's like I, you know, I do not 5K programs and I know there's people who they literally don't want to go out and do. I give them two extra sessions and they don't want to go out to do because they don't want to run in public. Do you know what mm. I mean? Mm. You just don't want people looking at you running. It's like sometimes if I don't feel like going for a run or I'm feeling tired or I feel a bit bloated or whatever, I'll actually go out and run kind of on a, on a main road where there's kind of loads of cars passing. <laughs> Because it'll make me pull up my posture. It'll make me run better. I know that sounds crazy. No, no, it doesn't at you all. Having mean? an it'll audience will, will change you. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm down the country roads, I'm just like feeling sorry for myself going, oh, God, you know. And then if I'm, you know, out in the main road and there's people actually looking at me, I have to be conscious of my running technique. <laughs> so let's dig in a little bit, because in the second half of the show, we're going to talk about how you can conduct an analysis of your own technique and gait. That'll be in the second half of the show. We'll also have a listener letter from Tara Smith on how a dog not on its lead cost her a few grand. You're not going to believe this story. And Seamus McAteer got in touch. I'm sure you saw this on you with the answer for anybody afraid of dogs when they're out on their run. But let's dig into it a little bit, Emer, because the shoulders and the arms thing would be something that someone who is running a short amount of time as as I am, less than a year, would think, ah, come on, sure, how could my arms affect my running? But the second you said it, I obviously do my usual thing of Dr. Google and realize that the arms are as important as the legs. If If anything, they're going to carry the legs forward. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, and can I just just say like you are run you are running well now, Darlet. Like you need a bit of a confidence boost there. Like you know, I did think you had a lovely relaxed run, lovely posture, etc. You know, so thank you very much. You well, honestly, yeah, and that's why I said to you, it's just a couple of little things that's so simple. Mm. You know, and the arms, yeah. Um, 
you just need to bring a bit more structure into your arm swing, you know, into how your arms are moving, you know, and. So, so on that, let me, I'm sorry to interrupt again. But no, like, so uh, on that, you, we kind of have a tendency to believe that our arm swing is our arm swing in the same way as my head nods the way my head nods or that, look, my arms will go where they're going to go when I mm. run. But what you pointed out was that I was using my shoulders to move my arms, which is something I'd never thought of. Of course, How, why would you? <laughs> well, what, what is yeah. going on there? And is it going to be hard to fix that is the question. No, it's the easiest thing to fix in the world. Probably the arm swing is the one that I put the most structure and kind of technique, you know, kind of breakdown analysis. You know, when I'm explaining someone, think about it this way. People go out for a jog with their friends. Their arms could be doing absolutely nothing. They could be chatting to their friend and they're, you know, chatting away and their arms are doing nothing. So that means the legs are literally taking all the load of the effort of the activity, you know. Mm. So you want the idea that the arms are going to almost do like 50 percent of the work, you know, so they can. If you can bring a lightness into your stride, into your legs, but the arms are nice and structured. So, you know, like we were saying there about the pot, you know, relax your shoulders down from your ears, you know, um, sink the elbows down, bend up your arms in a V, basically, you know, like have your wrists facing in towards your sides. Um, another thing you were doing, I noticed, and I was an absolute, I used to do this for years, was, you know, a thumbs up situation where you're constantly being nice to people and giving them a Sonia's stop laughing at me <laughs> I mean, it, it definitely is something I do but don't you don't you get the feeling and Sonia you correct me if I'm wrong that sometimes some of these mistakes that you're identifying are because of my headspace and that so much of this is related to me thinking I am running rather than me just being present and you know being in the activity that the high shoulders and the thumbs up is like the mental image I have of what a runner should be rather than who I am naturally when I put one foot in front of the other quite quickly yeah but but what you want to develop is you know all of this has to be gradual progress and it's a main principle of chi running you know you wouldn't go in for a swimming lesson and expect to swim beautifully perfectly after one lesson would you you know or you wouldn't expect you know, it's the same principle, mm. really. Yeah. Like you can learn to run, you can learn to move better, you know, because as you add up the miles, you, you just don't want to, you know, you want to reduce the risk of injury and little things like this. I wouldn't expect your next, your, you know, don't wreck your head on your next run, please. You know, mm. <laughs> you, focus, <laughs> you focus in on one thing. So say okay. from here to the next tree, you're going to just think of what your arms are doing. Okay. And then you're going to leave them alone. <laughs> I mean, I've been keep, yeah. keeping an eye, Sonia, on Emer's own runs on Strava and she's been experimenting with the nostril breathing that we oh, had talked yeah. about the other week. It's really fascinating. People should have yeah. a quick look at how Emer has been allowing nasal breathing to dictate her pace across the runs. It's been crazy to watch. Sonia, you've obviously, you're now in this role in the States as a coach. And, you know, you say about standing on the sideline with a stopwatch and, you know, imparting stuff that you've learned over the years that you know can help these people does it ever venture into technique does anybody ever go uh you're doing this weird thing with your left arm or we notice there's an imbalance does that ever get brought up not regularly i mean you would you'd notice it when people get tired 
And that's when, yeah. you know, their arms start to creep up around their ears and things like that. Mm. But a lot of runners who, you know, are competing at the high level, they've done so much running that they've actually, you know, evolved and they've worked out. They're pretty good at running. So it's harder to notice the kind of imperfections or things that you can change. And, and you do notice this most when you're getting tired. And like even yeah. when you're talking about the arm swing there, like I'm trying to think, how do I run? And I can't, I don't know, but I do know that if I, you know, run up a hill, then all of a sudden the arms become more important to me. Yeah, um, exactly. And that's where I would notice them, you know, playing their big role is going up a hill. And it's something I've always thought about from, you know, all levels of running, you know, that your arms are important. So I would always notice if I hadn't been in the gym for a while, that my arms would be a bit heavy and they wouldn't be kind of able to work as well as they mm. should. And then a couple of weeks in the gym, just doing a few dumbbell exercises and all of a sudden your arms are fitter and stronger because, you know, you work your legs so hard when you're running by just being standing on them and just walking around the place. Your arms, they're just coming along for the ride most of the time. <laughs> yeah. I think when you realize that they actually can help and they're beneficial, you know, you just have to think about skiing, you know, and how effective the arms are when you're doing skiing. You know, I mean, you know, I'm I'm, I'm kind of thinking more like, you know, skiing on a skiing machine now rather than in the snow. <laughs> but, you know, you can just visualize this in your head and you kind of think, well, that makes sense then that your arms should help you in running. And I think what yeah. we often say when athletes get tired, you will say, use your arms. You know, if you're running up a hill, use your arms, pick up your feet. And these are the things that you revert to when, you know, things are starting to fall apart. So if you can think about them all the time, then you'll be getting the benefit all the time, not just when you're getting tired. Well, before we get to the break, uh, guys, and there's so much more to get into in the next 25 minutes, which is available on patreon.com forward slash Irishmanabroad. And of course, there's the added bonus this week of illustrated episode notes, which I know you're going to need at the end of this. There's quite a lot of dense information to absorb here. And of course, we'll get extra stuff from Emer and Sonia on helping you self-analyze your technique. We're going to get into that in the second half. But my final question for you, Sonia, before we get out of here, is that that's so fascinating, first of all, to hear of elite athletes who have got to a point where they've done so much running that this doesn't nearly doesn't come up. But one athlete, one elite athlete from your era who everyone talked about her technique was Paula Radcliffe with the, this head bob that was... You know, I don't think I've ever seen a person run like that. Her head seemed to be like a, one of those bobblehead toys in the car. <laughs> it was the strangest thing. And yet, as you know, she was she was a proper beast out there when she got going. Have you ever seen, first of all, anything like that? And then I'll go to you, Emer, and find out what would you say if you saw a runner doing that? Sonia, first, go for it. <laughs> Well, I think if you were to look at videos of Paula when she was first running at a high level and then you were to look at her, you know, 10 years later, she changed a lot because she worked hard on changing that form and fixing her kind of technique because she knew it was something that was slowing her a little bit. But then, you know, like anything, when somebody gets tired at the end of the race, you kind of revert to your default mode. And that's when yeah. it would become more obvious again. And that's probably when a lot of people would tune into the races, Paula at the end of a marathon and her head is bobbing back. But 
you know, if you were to look at the full race, she actually had it a bit more in control a lot of the time. And that's why she was able to run so fast, you know, later in her career, because she just worked on all the fine details. And, and that was definitely one of them. But, you know, it is like I know I when I used to run in the last 200 meters, my right arm would go all floppy and it would go all over the place. And everybody would say, you know, you got to hold that together. And I'd be in training doing 200s and I'd be holding it, holding my arms together closing my fists sometimes you get a stick in your hand and hold it really but then inv- invariably at the end of a race the arm would just go flopping again but because you just re- <laughs> you know it's like it's like you said last week <laughs> what is it balls out or something or <laughs> balls <laughs> balls <to> out. <laughs> <laughs> you let everything hang out you know and you have no control of anything you just go for it you're just trying to get there absolutely yeah. so it- i think you know to get to the point in the race where you know you can let it all hang out you probably have to, you know, be in tune with all this different technique and running properly. But then, you know, when, like anything, when you go for it, you just, you forget everything. You know, everything goes out the window and you go back to your purest natural form. And mm-hmm. that's what gets you there. Um, but it's just for a short amount of distance. So it's not affecting you that much. But if you were doing that for all 12 and a half laps at a track, then you'd probably be losing time and energy and effort and everything else. Yeah. Well, Emer, uh, th- I mean, that's a pretty comprehensive answer on that from Sonia. Yeah, I'm, I'm nodding my head here. That's exactly it. It's like the last few minutes, of, like I've done double marathon a few times and it's the last 10K. I am literally mantra, mantra, little technique points to remind me about my arms and relax my legs and, you know, posture because you're losing your form. You just, you know, you're just tired <laughs> and you just want it to become second nature so that even when you're tired, you still run well because it becomes kind of second nature to you. You know, so that's the aim really of working on your technique. Well, I can't wait to get into the second half of this. We're going to take a quick break. And of course, for the people on SoundCloud and iTunes listening to the free version, come on over to patreon.com forward slash Irishmanabroad. Emer O'Brien from fitnesswithemer.ie and Sonia, thank you so much for this much. And the rest of the chat is available to you now. Just sign up for the price of a coffee each month. You can come over and get the extended cuts and the illustrated episode notes each week, as well as access to our full archive of Irishman Abroad episodes. One of the keys to like maintaining your brain mass is pushing past that comfortable zone physically, you know, exercise wise. Imagine, you know, a world where everybody could go out the door and engage in the kind of exercise that's going to make them more relaxed, more healthy, burn off stress. 